produced by Podcast Architects. Welcome, friends. It's Christina Helmick here with Extrago Banks, and I'm so glad to have you tuning in for another great episode of The Link Up. Show your support by liking the video and subscribing. Hi, I'm Libby Kane with Extrico Banks, and thank you for joining us today on the Link Up Podcast with two of our favorite female entrepreneurs in the Waco area. We have Kelsey Boss, owner of Compleo Physical Therapy and Wellness. She is also a 2019 Extrapreneur finalist and also a member of Extrico's Link Business Advisory Council. And then we have Lorraine Gritton, who's owner of Champion Salon and Barber, a 2019 Extrapreneur finalist, as well as our 2021 Extrapreneur winner and also a member of our Link Business Advisory Council. Thank you both so much for being here today. We really are excited to kind of hear your story. Thank you for having us. For sure, thank you. So I'm just going to open the floor with that. Like, I would love to hear just kind of initially what your entrepreneur journey was, why you wanted to start your business. We'll start with you, Lorraine. Well, when you asked me what do I want to do to start my business or why, I didn't really know. It was I was just so young that... By the age of 21, I was a, a barber, and I just knew that I wanted to be my own boss. So to do that, I had to um, learn a lot. You know, I didn't get to go to college, and so my journey has been uh, through the school of hard knocks. It's like I like to say that because I had to learn from all the trials and tribulations of what worked and what didn't work, and so everything just challenged me. So um, I early on had a mindset of um, Honestly, you know, a setback is a comeback. And so every time I had a setback, I just came back stronger. And I, I never had any fears of failing because it wasn't an option. So I just kept moving on through this, you know, what I had to do to make it work. And honestly, some things worked out great. That's <laughs> great. How about you, Kelsey? Um, I think I'm the opposite of a lot of people. I never had this huge drive to I'm going to be my own boss. I um, joke that the only class I did not pay attention to in grad school was the physical therapy business management class. Um, I think in my group's business plan, I was the janitor of the tech because I um, just it was never a huge goal of mine to own a business. And then after working five years in a major medical system that I absolutely loved, um, and learned a ton from, I really just saw this pull, uh, both in providers getting to provide the quality of care that they really wanted to provide and really from a time perspective with patients. And then secondly, and more importantly, I just saw this, I saw a need in Waco, but then I also saw a need in these big systems of females not getting to practice and take care of their families the way they wanted to. And I wanted to create an environment where providers weren't choosing their career or their families, where they could really integrate both um, and serve entire families in the way that they should be served and kind of landed into something I never really dreamed I'd be doing, but couldn't be happier. Never tell God your plans. They'll change them. For friends. Well, I love that. There's ex one of Extraco's corporate values is family first. And I feel like both of your businesses are very family oriented. Do you want to talk, I mean, you've talk, touched on it just a little bit, but um, you want to talk about that a little bit about how you kind of live that through with your staff? Yeah, it's really a huge passion of mine. And I think it comes out in their work because they're all happier and a little bit less stressed. We don't dictate any of our staff schedules. So and the moms are, if they're, we have lots of new moms, so they get as many pump breaks as they want. Um, we have moms who start super early so they can be with their kids by two. We have moms who come in a little later 
and have help in the afternoons and work in the afternoon. So I think the biggest thing is letting, um, and dads too, our entire staff set their schedules. I know not every industry can have that flexibility, but that's something we have in trusting that they want to be there and want to work and kind of putting that in their court. And I think that's the biggest thing. And then really on a personal level, just getting to know their families, um, giving grace if you know there's something big going on, just um, managing from a human perspective. I love that. And Lorraine, with y'all, y'all are very much focused on building families, I feel like, especially with the school portion of champions. Yeah, we own uh, Champions Barber and Beauty Academy, and uh, there's a lot of struggles that go on at the school. And it's we have to be very empathetic to their needs, um, but still having that the, uh, obviously the flexibility for the school. Um, you know, they're paying to come get the education at the school, so we we always um, you know are, take good grace as well too. But when it comes to our professionals and our professional locations, we let them uh, dictate a um, uh, their dream schedule. And we just make sure that we have enough staff to accommodate the uh, all the service providers get to pick their schedule, their dream schedule. But we just got to make sure we cover the hours that we're open for our clients. And so, and then always being closed on Sundays. That's just one thing that we're we're never going to open. And even though our business is being ran kind of like a franchise, you know, concept, you know, where everybody's commission and employees, which is very rare in our industry. But uh, we do do things as if we are, you know, we do give paid vacations and uh, PTOs and time off. Um, and we're very empathetic, you know, on a daily basis. My husband, he takes care of the HR. And so he has a lot of empathy. And so, you know, we, we just always make it work. And, and we have a good team that always fill in, fill in or help out. So but the balance of work and life and home and family is very important to us. So I wonder, is family kind of part of the impetus for when y'all started um, your business. And I just wonder if that's maybe part of what, in general, for female entrepreneurs, and I don't know if y'all talk to other women entrepreneurs, and that's kind of part of the reason why they started their business, or? Are you right? Definite. It was huge. And we didn't have my son yet when we started it, but we were more preparing for what do we want life to look like when hopefully that day does come. Um, and really, regardless if I had ever had children when I started it, I just wanted to serve families in a different way. And our clinic really does treat, I worked at a children's hospital and I would get so sad when these moms would come in so stressed or parents would bring their kids to their appointments. They'd be like, oh, my back really hurts. I don't have time to take care of it. And so seeing this kind of disjointed, like, well, adults can go here and kids can go here. Um, treating family was the impetus for creating a clinic that brought together those two worlds. So I think the initially it was more to serve families. And then now that I have a child, that's now like my biggest motivation to keep it going that way. It's cool. So I'm kind of curious, as a woman-owned business, um, what kind of challenges have y'all faced that maybe you didn't anticipate um, or that it maybe I'll say challenges and opportunities. Maybe let's do both. Sorry, go first. I'm going to say obviously, uh, being in a being a barber for gosh 39 years. Uh, it's it's uh, being just a female in a barber world is was always really a struggle. I had to always prove myself and be more and uh, 
you know, I, that's, I think that's what strive, I strive to be an entrepreneur because I, I knew that um, I did have some disadvantages just because I was a female in, in that world. So creating jobs for people was um, something always inspired me. It was very challenging, uh, but it, it just it just being me excited to help other people get what I had gone by building the clientele. So the more uh, that I saw them grow, I just kind of, you know, gave myself a pat on the back about, you know, good job, you know, because I, I saw them um, following the champion culture and get to where I was at to provide for my family. And but really, there wasn't a whole lot of um, disadvantages. Um, I didn't I mean, I had some struggles, you know, with some things that I was uneducated in. And uh, I had to break some generational curses, you know, just what I thought was right. I had to learn the hard way. And it just, uh, I don't know if I had any disadvantages, but if I did have a lot, I just fought through them and and just figured it out or, or got some got some coaching through the way, through the times. <laughs> right, that's very tenacious. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Kelsey? Um, I think we, it definitely brings opportunities and challenges. I'm glad you said opportunities also. Um, I do think our culture is trying to raise awareness around female-owned business. I think some of the biggest challenges have been, um, it has been harder for me to get meetings with, you know, potential referral sources that my male counterparts in town were able to easily get. I think it took a little bit longer for um, some other people in town to gain trust with me, whereas I um, think a male, they just trust the degree. And with me, I have the same degree, but they also needed to see me work first and make sure I wasn't going to quit as soon as I had a kid. I think there were assumptions that Oh, this she's doing great once she has her kids. She might stop. Um, and then just a lot of assumptions. There's been a lot of assumptions that I show up and I treat the kids and my husband runs the business and he does not even know our QuickBooks login. Like I I run the business side, the medical side, I run all of it. And so um battling those assumptions, but at the same time, people have been open minded to being corrected. And in the past year, year and a half, I think I've noticed a really big shift um, in that. And you'd mentioned a certification that you're working on at one of our link advisory councils um, that's specifically for, I think, female-owned businesses or? There is. Uh, you can become a female-designated-owned business, which is a huge opportunity. And uh, any female business owners are listening to this, they should look into that because if you then try to go get contracts with um, bigger companies in town, they have to fulfill a certain quota of minority and female-owned labor, um, and you your contract could, could fill that. So if you take the time to look into getting designated as a female-owned business, there's lots of grants and you know contract opportunities that can come to you because of that. Um, so yeah, that's definitely, I'm glad you brought that up. Is that a state or national designation? Um, it's a national designation, but that's great. Yeah. Well, we'll see if we can find a link to include yeah. with this uh, podcast. So you mentioned grants. And so I want to talk a little bit about the way that y'all raise capital and fund your business, because that's always a topic and we're talking to, you know, startups and new business owners. So I don't know who wants to go first, but. Love to kind of hear your journey. <laughs> Did you bootstrap or? Oh, pretty much that's my story. Um, yeah, I would uh, start out really small. I'll, I'll never forget my first shop at the age of 21. I really only had like 
$500 and like nothing. And, and, and so I would just keep putting the money back in. And that, um, that was just what drove me to keep going to be bigger and bigger. And then once I felt like I maxed out, I would just sell it. So I think there's like three hair salons in Hewitt that I owned at one time and, and then a day spa wellness center. And, and then I just would sell them and then I would start over and, and create a different culture. And so we're, we're staying put with the champion culture and, and growing that obviously. But, um, you know, for me, I was just, uh, just pouring back in. I would make some, put it back in, make some, put it back in, put it back in. And that's what I would do. And then I would grow staff and network. Oh, I would do so back in the day. And I was, um, on the Hewitt chamber of commerce, the board of directors networking because how we network now with social media, it's so different than how I used to do it back in the day, but that's what we had to do, you know, and just, I, mine, I never got a loan. I never had to get any money from anybody. And, um, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but that's what worked. You're fully funded. I mean, we, we've found that percent, no debt. Yeah. yeah. Abby and Omari had with head hospitality. I think they're fully funded. I think they just took out their first loan recently, but yeah. How about you, Kelsey? Um, we kind of did a combination of things. We looked into the more traditional SBA and loan route, and um, we decided to not go with a big loan to start and to go a little bit, start smaller, the amount we needed to start um, for the amount of time it takes to get an SBA loan and get all that approval um, just didn't really make sense for us. And so I had been working for a while, so a lot of it we did ourselves, and then um, we did take a family loan that we um, are very grateful to have been able to pay back. Um, my biggest advice to people is, if you're going to go that route, make sure there is, you still treat it as a formal agreement and that you don't take advantage of that. Um, but really, we bootstrapped it. We started a little bit smaller, I think, than where we are now, um, and we started smaller than our ultimate picture so that we didn't jump into a ton of debt and it not work out and then just grew naturally from there and have self-funded any expansion since. Let me add to this. We both have been expanding our yeah, neighbor, neighbors, neighbors uh, out in Midway. And uh, so she's, she's been growing and took a space and I took a space and now we have what? Well, we're taking over uh, Woodway Drive. Yeah, Woodway Drive. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Um, well, speaking of expansions, what is on the roadmap um, for both of y'all's businesses for the future? Um, I'm really, I just love the Waco and Central Texas community. And as our staffing has grown, I'm hoping that we can be big enough to really partner with different organizations in town to maybe serve some people who may otherwise have a difficult time utilizing or accessing our services. Um, and just really find ways to make our services more accessible, whether that is we've created some online courses. Um, we've started working in telehealth. So if someone in Hillsboro doesn't have transportation, they can still work with a dietitian or counselor. So just really ways to make it more accessible, whether that's from a, us going to people or working with bigger organizations to help fund treatment for people who might be uninsured, um, just ways to really serve the greater Waco community. It's great. How about you, Lorraine? We're hoping to probably end up in Temple pretty soon, you know, or, or watching the economy and making sure the timing is right. Um, 
right now we did have our hands full, but as we're growing um, to future champions from our school, you know, Temple's just a hop and skip up the road, so that won't be really any problems. Um, then my daughter lives in the Weatherford, uh, Lake Worth area, and I kind of feel like I'm supposed to be there. Hopefully she'll give me a grandbaby and I'll be up there with a, a business with her. I've been for business. Well, I have no doubt. Yeah, I, I have a feeling that's going to happen. So, so you have great managers that take care of the business. So, you know, we don't, I don't really go to them very often. I'm at the school a lot, but uh, that's exciting. So just as a wrap-up question, I would love for you all to share maybe one tip or best practice that you wish you would have known when you were starting your business or you wish someone would have told you that you might want to share with the people uh, listening today? I think for me, um, just understanding how to communicate with people and building my team early on, I wish I would have had a little bit more understanding mm -hmm. of uh, how to be a um, better leader. Um, it took later in life to understand that um, I made some mistakes with with people and uh now it, it it's best board to now it does help me give more grace on uh, empathy for um, people's situations where i might not have been that in my earlier days mm -hmm. so i i just wish i would have known I, my leadership skills needed to be stronger for what i was doing at the time and it was just easy to just sell and start over <laughs> with new people and that's right not really the right way to go i think but um i guess it worked for me yeah, I think that's good. I mean, at Extra Hill, we very much have kind of this culture of you need to build yourself, but more you can build your team. And that's kind of what I'm hearing you say is like, exactly. you need to kind of take a step back and just take, make the time yeah. to really focus on you and getting, you know, the skills that you need before you expand yeah. too, too much yeah. from a team perspective. And especially when you're in an industry where uh, people want to be their own bosses, you know, in my industry, people, um, they they want to have their own business and to, to be able to keep them and understand, um, not to be hypocrite, you know, I do want them to grow and be, um, you know, an entrepreneur and have the things that they see and what we've achieved. So we like to help them and, and speak then over them that go follow your dreams. Awesome. All right. How about you, Kelsey? Um, so there's two things. It's hard to choose one. I'm fine. Is that okay? Okay. I think the biggest thing, one is not to be scared to do things differently. Um, so many people told me, we've never seen your combination of services before. I don't know if that's going to work. And this hybrid insurance thing, like only taking some insurances, some not. And uh, lots of people thought we wouldn't work just because we're not what every other medical clinic looks like. So don't be scared to do something different. And the other biggest thing I've learned is don't bootstrap to the point where you're just taking no help. I mean, I, I'm not a bookkeeper. I'm not an accountant. I'm not a lot of things. And I was trying to do everything. And the month I hired, you know, a receptionist and a bookkeeper, which was a scared financial leaf at the time, was the month we started to take off. So let people help you. There's people with, you can't be good at everything. So bring people in who will help build up your weaknesses early on. All of you brought that up because we have Extra Co Link, yeah. which is the whole business ecosystem of professional service providers for startups and small businesses for specifically that HR, attorneys, tax, uh, CPAs, accountants, you know, all of those services that you may not be, um, you know, an expert in, but you might want an expert in that. So would super encourage people to go to extracolink.com and uh, take a look at our different partners that are out there, as well as all the different resources that we have on the website. We have templates, 
blogs, articles, um, lots of different things that you can download and just, you know, educate yourself and then also connect with people um, that want to work with you. So another question that we get a lot of times from um, startups and small businesses is when do you start to draw a salary? Should you start immediately or do you want to wait? Because y'all both talked about being, you know, kind of yeah. putting your funds back in, back in, back into the business. So were you taking a salary at that time as well? Or kind of tell me, you know, how your journey worked. You know, I, with my journey, um, I could always just add another day or add more hours. And I always had plenty of clients. So it was like, if I needed more money, I just worked harder. And so that was really easy. But um, I, I had struggled with that. That was a hard thing. And I, that was something that it took a while for me to learn that I got to take care of home and I got to take care of business stuff. It was probably 50-50 um, from the get-go, but I had to. I was off balance for a little while. It took a little time for me to figure that out. So, But I would have loved to have something like Extra Link to help me with some of the things that I, I struggled with. But, yeah. How about for you? Um, I think this is kind of like the lending question. There's not really a right answer, um, and everyone has different personal circumstances. I did not take a salary at first. We saved some money. Um, I was lucky enough to live with my parents while we were opening it. Um, but pretty quickly I took a small salary. Um, I probably didn't take what people would expect, um, a physical therapist to be taking home until a couple years in, uh, because we kept choosing to reinvest in the business. We'd get to these critical junctions. We'd go, well, we could keep growing or I could take a higher salary. And we just kind of kept choosing to reinvest in staff and keep growing, which I think hopefully will pay off one day. Um, I think you really just have to examine, you know, your personal needs at home. I think it's very important to take home something, though. And someone told me that early on when I was just not giving myself anything. And they were like, you know, even if it's really small, you need some sort of reward for what you're doing. And so I started paying myself and it did make it a little easier to keep going each day. But we we were the opposite. We waited a little longer um, for me to decide to do that. So, y'all both kind of worked in your industry before you started a business in your industry. And I kind of like how long did either of y'all do that or both of y'all do that? So, well, my story is a little unique because uh, my mom went to barber school and I, I had my license by the time I, 1985, I was 16 and a half. So, yeah, I had a little time from 16 and a half to 21. But, you know, I grew up really, I did things more, I don't know, faster than my um, other um, classmates and stuff in high school. But um, yeah, while people were, you know, doing minimal wage jobs, you know, I was the one that already had a degree in something. And it, so for me, it, I don't know, I, I just did it. I don't know if I was going with that. Uh, I worked for a little over four years um, at a major system, which this is also industry specific, but at least in the healthcare world, I tell everyone coming out, you should go work somewhere first because you need to really hone your craft first. And whatever world you're in, learning to hone your craft and run a business at the same time is a lot. And so if you really kind of have your craft down, then you can free up some brain space for the business side. Well, thank you both so much for your time today. Um, this has been great. Always love talking to you. Um, best of luck with your businesses. And um, thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. 
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Link Up. To learn about other local business resources, visit our website at extracolink.com. Produced by Podcast Architects.